0: Welcome to the Universal Dancer Podcast with your host Leslie Zare, author of The Alchemy of Dance and The Alchemia Remedies, coming to you live from Cairo, Egypt, the ancient land of Chem. Journey with us to explore sacred dance, the sacred arts, the mystical and the magical. Join a community of like-minded souls seeking to understand the cosmic dance of co-creation through the sacred arts. Come along and expand your mind, ignite your creativity, and explore something new and something old. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. We have another interesting speaker for you today. So let's just jump right in. And let me introduce you to my guest. Tony Bergens is an artistic alchemist, passionate catalyst, and the creator of Journey Dance and the Embodied Transformations Method coaching program. For over 25 years, Tony has helped thousands of people break out of their boxes, transform their angst into art, turn their vulnerability into strength and move into new stories through embodied practice and emotional empowerment a leader in transformational movement she's trained over one thousand journey dance teachers internationally and has presented workshops and trainings at centers including Kerpalu center for yoga and health omega institute eslane institute fourteen forty multiversity pure yoga new york open center and more she has been featured at festivals like Wonderlust, Lovelight, BlessFest, Unifier, and more. She leads online programs and teacher trainings and has a private coaching practice. She's been featured in magazines, books, and podcasts, has a popular Journey Dance DVD and an inspired clothing line. Her debut album of original songs inspired by her life and work is called Never Too Late, released in 2019. Tony's humor, wild expressiveness, and authenticity make journey dance accessible to all. Let's welcome Tony to the show. Hi Tony, welcome to the show. Wow, thank you so much. What a nice video. I was like, that was so sweet. I love your video too. My god, what a beautiful. Thank you.
1: Thank oh, you. wow. Super beautiful. It makes me feel like, wow, I'm I've done something with my life. See?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think we all need one of those videos just right, to, right.
1: everybody needs one. to really
0: uh, see what what we've really done, what our accomplishments really
1: are, especially in the dance world, you know, it's 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 a different world to be ah uh, to have that kind of um, you know, what's the word, you know, success or whatever you want to call it, impact, you know, we're so used Uh to everyone else having impact, but the dancers, we have to find our ways, you know, through the cracks.
0: (laughs) Well, it sounds like you have. (laughs) I'm working on it. So let's just begin at the beginning. And let me ask you where your dance journey began. How how did Mm. you first get involved in dance?
1: Well, let's see. So My dance journey began in in an interesting way. I was not someone who said, "Oh, when I'm three years old, you know, I knew I was going to be a dancer." I was not like that. I was kind of a spazzy kid. I was not very embodied. I was very out there. Um, And what happened was, I had some, you know, difficulty in my in my younger years with my, you know, my body and feeling like I was emotionally overwhelmed by the world. And the healing thing for me was um, dance. Dance did it to me. Dance was my, I found my divine spark on the dance floor one day and that's when my whole life transformed from somebody who was, I was in a lot of pain, I was in emotional pain, I was causing myself physical pain, I had an eating disorder, I was using my body, um, you know, I was over, I was abusing my body in a lot of ways and when I came to the dance floor, I had you know, learned as a small child, little types of dancing, you know, a little ballet here, a little jazz there, a little modern. And it was always a negative experience for me in that perfectionistic uh, style of, of movement. And I had like sort of a cosmic experience on the dance floor when I was just dancing freely after many, many years of, you know, always trying to fit in and, and and be different. So to make a very long story short, it's a whole, it's a whole epic journey really for me myself. Um, I was I went to Kupalu Center of Yoga and Health, which is in Massachusetts in the United States, and I was in this class. It was all just like people moving around, you know, it it wasn't like it wasn't any like it wasn't a big deal. It was just A lovely group of people just dancing around and just having fun. And this, um, this teacher, he said, he said, Oh, you're all so beautiful. And at that time, you know, I was like, I really need to hear that. I think I was 23 or something. And I was like, really going through a ton of stuff. And uh, when he said that, I kind of went off into the corner and had my little moment. And I just was in my body in a way that I can't describe for the first time. I was so in my body. I was so present. I was like, I was hysterical crying, all these emotions pouring out of me like, like a a well just had just been opened. And I was like, oh my God, all my life I've been spending focusing on the wrong thing. That's what I felt like. And it just all, I had a voice in my head, you know, said, this is what you have to do. And I was like, what? I'm like, I had another job. I was working in New York City. I had a whole career I was starting this is your life's work. And I was like, Oh my God. Okay. All right. Whatever that means. So I ignored it for some time. And then it just came back and I had to go and dance.
0: <laughs> the dance
1: found you. <laughs> Absolutely. hundred percent. I mean, and yeah. it was, it was, and it wasn't like you're beautiful physically. It wasn't that that I needed to hear. It was so much more on a spirit level, on a soul level, on a personal level, like on an emotional level, it was like, it was almost like, This is what I really feel like, and I don't talk about this very, it was almost like the the voice in my head said, yes, you are a soul. It was like, yes, you are a soul. You're not just a mind, blah, 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 blah. You're not just a body, you know, what is this thing anyway? You're not just emotions, you are a soul. You are more than this. And that is what got me on the dance floor. (laughs) I know it sounds strange, right? Because I love movement, I love the body, but it wasn't, it was that the body was a vehicle for me to feel this other thing that I call, you know, soul, soul. That's all I can really call it, spirit, something else.
0: But I think we're often detached. Absolutely. I mean, even if you feel your body, you may feel it separately to, to the rest of you, that it's maybe not really part of you. And I think this is true. I think we're coming back to that concept that the body and the mind and the emotions and everything are connected, but for yes. so long we lived in that place of that they're not. So, if we do experience them, I think we experience them in in little pockets and not mm. necessarily integrated. So, yeah, you absolutely, had absolutely, absolutely a holistic experience. Yeah. yeah, I
1: mean, educated, being educated, you know, in this country. As we know, I mean, in this country where I live, there's so much uh, misinformation we're being educated on, and we're being educated out of our emotions and into the intellect. Because if we stay in the intellect, then we can stay, you know, sort of above what is happening. But if we if we were in the emotions, it would be so hard. That's why the kids right now are having such a hard time because they're getting a big dose of transparency. Um, and people, you know, in my age group and higher, we're having to like wake ourselves up and and see what's really happening. So. I feel like what dance does, especially, you know, the way I approach dance is that I'm reawakening people's connection to their really innate wisdom of their own. I'm I'm not giving them wisdom. I'm saying, what do you feel when you're in here? What do you see when I suggest meet your inner guide right now? What do you, what do you see? You know, what does the inner high priestess say to you? What does your inner, you know, masculine say to you? So I do a lot of um, what I call, you know, gestalt splits where I invite people to, meet other parts of themselves on the dance floor very similar to parts work you know what does your inner child say to you what does your so it's really about digging into the self you know through this and it's almost like a cosmic situation where even though when when you dig into the self you dig into the psyche of the collective really in a lot of ways so we're in a major healing crisis right now and everybody needs to heal
0: (laughs) asap In so many ways. oh my God
1: in so many ways. but when we heal well really though, I mean this I just I just finished leading a program literally just yesterday so that's why I was um very very a little bit wiped out. but um it was amazing and we had we had more men than we ever have in a program. We had like ten men and normally we have two men, you know and the men really did a ton of healing and we held space for that for them to feel and cry and release and let go and not be in their usual, like masculine mode of, you know, suppression. Cause suppression is so much more exhausting than releasing. And that's what we've been doing as a, as a world, you know, we're suppressing sure.
0: instead of yeah, we're programmed you know. that way. Exactly. Yeah. So we're doing that, the deep. That's what the has taught us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> reprogramming. It's, it's the, well, it's the yeah. reprogramming on the dance floor. <laughs> right. Exactly. So maybe you can kind of just take us through and explain a bit about what journey dance is. Maybe just okay. give us an overview. We've we've heard a few little pieces, but yes. but a more piece yeah. so general- for those that don't have not experienced it before, can Absolutely. including myself. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'd love to. Okay.
1: So, so journey dance. Okay, we'll give you a little. I'm going to start from the beginning. So I'll give you like sort of the two minute journey dance. Okay, so you're going to come into the space and you're going to find your way and just kind of be in your body and start noticing where you are in the space and yourself. And then we're going to come down. We do a little. We do a little invocation prayer, like whatever you need right now. Prayer is a weird word, so I call you know we do an invocation. So today you know, may I be in my body? May I feel my feelings? May I just, may I heal whatever needs to be healed, et cetera. And, you know, may I be of service to the world because right now we all need that so badly. So, so then we're going to kind of come in and we're going to get onto the floor and we're going to do what I call the embodiment series. And we're going to roll and we're going to pour and we're going to stretch and we're going to feel all the surfaces. I call it total surface area dancing. Then we're going to awaken and come into the spine and we're going to Find sort of like, you know, these animal, I call it animal dancing, low dancing, where your spine can undulate and move and you can drop into places that you don't normally go into, etc. And then we come out of that and we rise up in this particular, like, super organic, everything super organic, no rush, no steps, just we follow kind of the flow of the music. And we rise up into what we call immersion, which is where we kind of find our real, like what is happening in this body right now. And after we immerse, which is like slow flow, like watery movements, then we start looking around. Oh, look, who's in the room? Oh, okay, hello, 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 hello. And then we start like activating that hello and when you see other people you know you're you're you start lighting everyone lights up like i i don't even know how else to describe but we light it up and i look at your face and you look at my face and we're making shapes together and we're creating and our bodies are moving and we call that funky connection and we do quite a bit of that to really get like the the like the energy it's really an energy work. So the energy is now up and high and we're cranking and we're cruising and we're seeing each other and we're in groups and we're in par- by ourselves and we're, you know, in a big group and we might like go off into little pairs and really just interact with each other with the body. And then and it's all being led, you know, with a like a light guidance, okay, of the teacher. Then now that we have what I call safe container slash sacred container, energy container, we drop in. And this is where we do the, emotional process work and I call it evocative emotion. So now we're in the next phase. So here's where things get really interesting. Okay. So that so the book ends of journey dance. The first part is mostly the same. And then the end when I get to it I'll tell you. But this part is where things get interesting. So I will play a song that is, you know, all orchestral and we'll feel that, you know, dramatic grief that comes from the violin or the cello or we'll have like a voice you know, or or some lyrics that are so uh, evocative and will tell our story to the dance floor. This is where we start really doing the telling your story. So everyone kind of goes off on their own now and we're all just telling our stories to the dance floor. I could play something super gritty and, and like bring that frustration, anger, sometimes, you know, these things, rage could even come to the surface. But it all is being processed through this dance called Tell Your Story of The Dance For. I have many different versions of this. That's where break out of the box comes in and we build a box and we break out of it. And we use our we use our mind and our intelligence with the body and the emotions. It's like a whole fusion right here. Okay. And this is where pro- the process work happens. So that's called evocative emotion. After we stir up all this gunk, then what do we do with it? Oh my God, I'm not gonna leave you that way, don't worry. So then we go into what we call the alchemy section. And the alchemy section is where um, it has a very shamanic feeling. Um, if you know what that word means, like altered state, uh, we call it alchemy, where like we're gonna turn this stuff that we just found, we just discovered into something else. So we're either gonna have it transformed through the element of fire, through the element of water, we're gonna we're gonna shake, we're gonna release it. You know, we really go into this deeply. This is the big, the big kind of crescendo of the of the work. Um, If you know five rhythms, it's similar to chaos, but with like with a psychological overlay that I'm doing, like giving offering meet your inner guide right now. So I might say something like, okay, now that we're totally present, we know what our stuff is what would your inner guide say to you right now? So we step out of ourselves and into the other space. So like, I'm here and I'm here. and I'm having a conversation with myself on the dance floor. I'm clearing my energy. I'm giving myself what I need. I'm, I'm cutting old cords. I'm doing the work on myself. It's super, super self-imposed therapeutics in a sense. Yeah, Does that make sense. Yes. Okay. You with me? Okay, great. Yeah, I am. (laughs) Once once that's complete, yeah. Once that's all complete and we feel like we're really empowered, we go into empowerment celebration, which is now, okay, what do I want to do with all this? Now that I have all this energy, I've cleared, I've looked at, I've embraced some of my pain. I've felt some of my anger. You know, whatever it is, whatever layer we're at, and it's always different. The layers are going to change and change and change. Then we're going to go into celebration. I've done it. I made it through the tunnel. Woohoo! And we start playing a little bit again bring that joy back in, bring that, and bring that sort of memory that even though this is my story, it isn't actually the truth, right? The truth is that I'm still this amazing soul in a body having a journey and I'm going to celebrate that, okay? So we play like epic music. It could be all over the place from like, you know, real party music, like from dance floor, like, you know, big big room dance floor, dance house stuff, all kinds of music. Um, And then we go into the next section, which is heart. So we kind of after celebration, we drop into heart. And at heart, everything starts to come full circle. And I play, I'll play some music and you know, the journey dance teachers will play some, it's, it is still evocative, but it's a different flavor. It's like a sweet flavor of evocative. So we're like, okay, where's my heart right now? And we come into the heart and these are some of the most beautiful dances you've ever seen. And I bring scarves in because I've studied psychodrama and I love using the scarves to represent either your heart or your inner child or something really special to you. So you dance with this this scarf or you use your hands and then you let it open and you really listen to the heart. Let the heart start talking to you. Okay. So I might say, what does your heart have to share with you today? Or what does your heart need? Or have you been nice to yourself? Because sometimes we're so hard on ourselves. It doesn't even make any sense anymore um, how hard on ourselves we are. But it's, again, conditioned through experience and pain. And and when trauma arises, our nervous system goes into um, an overload and we shut down. So we don't often talk to our heart. So we do this heart conversations and sometimes we work in pairs and we have a really deep experience with another human being. These are some of the witnessing dances we call them a journey dance, where I'll say, okay, Leslie, you're gonna dance for me. Not I'm gonna hold space for you and you're gonna dance. So I'll be, I'll just be here holding space and you would be expressing. And then we would switch and you would hold space for me and I would be expressing. And there's something about being heard now that I've done all this process work now I can really be heard. And after that is completed, we go into what we call prayer. And I, you know, I love the word prayer. I am not a religious person. I have never been a religious person. I've tried every spiritual path you could imagine. I've studied, I've read many, many books from many different religions, um, including all the Judeo-Christian and some Islamic. I've read lots and lots and lots of religion, religious text, Buddhism, I mean, everything. And I think prayer to me means your personal connection with source spirit energy. So we'll go there and we'll start to feel what is the energy, what, where am I today? And the music is like super, um, I don't know, expanded and 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 it has this you know quality of upliftment to it. And then we go and we close our eyes and we go deeply into our own prayer dance, we call it. And then we come into the earth and we give it back to the you know I we call her you know her you know Gaia the great mother whatever you want to call her. We go back to the earth and we we drop in super deeply and we just let everything go. And we just become, that's kind of the end of the journey. And we come back home. There you go, two minutes journey
0: wow. <laughs> I know, it's, it's, it's a lot. Journey dance in 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> or less. But how long does this take? Like, is this in levels uh, or yeah, you no, do a, it-
1: yeah, a really good journey dance, like when you're really doing the whole process full on, I would say like 90 minutes feels really good. You can do it a little bit less, which is when most people only have like an hour in their lives for some reason, um, which you know makes sense. We all have many things we're doing, so I can I can personally compress it really well into an hour. Um, but I would say that a ninety minutes is really like just delicious amount of time. But you know we can do two hours. We can expand everything can be expanded or contracted to the time that you have. Really, it truly can because. You can get embodied in five minutes if you if you've been doing it for a long time. If you've never done it before, it might take twenty minutes to do just embodiment, just rolling, pouring, finding your your surfaces, your skin, your edges, your muscles, the bone, really feeling yourself. So it's that's that's pretty much an average. Between an hour and an hour and a half is really good.
0: And then it's like a weekly class, So you're doing this as a workshop, or what? Oh, oh everything. The format. There's so many formats. I mean, I do a weekly class personally. I teach.
1: Uh, I've been teaching many weekly classes for my whole life, um, but I have a weekly class currently happening on Zoom um, on Tuesdays since since, the whole, since our whole world, you know, went on to Zoom, <laughs> onto the online world from the, from the wild, uh, wild ride that we're on right now, the pandemic and et cetera. So I've been teaching on Zoom Tuesdays at 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Um, I've been teaching every Tuesday for the last year and a half.
0: And, and then some you, Saturdays, and, and then, then we have do, workshops too. And and how is that? Di- like you're doing the same process, or these are different levels, or what? What's the difference? Oh, you mean between, like a workshop and a weekly oh, class? Oh, in a
1: workshop, yeah. So I just I just finished leading a workshop at Omega Institute, and it was a week long, and. We, every day we danced, uh, every day we danced and every, and every afternoon we danced and we wrote and we shared and it was just, um, it's a much deeper dive. I mean, it's a much deeper dive. Uh, one of the women who there, she is a psychology professor at some university in New York city. And she said that was literally like 10 years of therapy and I'm a psychology professor and I'm going to write about you. So I'm super excited she's gonna write, a, yeah. write about us in psychology today or something like that. I was like, yay. <laughs> This yes. movement is so much more therapeutic than we give it credit for being.
0: Yes. We we're all in our heads and that doesn't necessarily address where our issues are, which brings yeah. me to the next topic of embodiment.
1: <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> because obviously that's a big part of what you're doing. What let's talk about that a little bit. What, do, what do you feel is going on? Like, why is this so important?
1: Mm. It's so important.
0: You know, it's, it's such a good question and
1: people really have a lot of hard time. Like the word embody is really like a hot buzzword right now. And it's so much more to me really than just like, if people are talking about if if you're, Hey, let me say this to the listeners. If you're trying to study embodiment and people are talking about embodiment, it's not embodiment. It might be sound great and you'll learn a ton, (laughs) but embodiment. Yes, (laughs) the
0: theory of embodiment. I'm (laughs) like, like, oh my God, I want
1: to do something with this. So embodiment is actually embodiment. Like it's actually getting into the body. So movement, really, if you want to do embodiment, you got to do something with yoga, movement, dance, theater, some kind of expressive shaping, you know, some kind of movement. I'm not saying that all embodiment, it could be meditation, but it's something where you're feeling feel embodiment to me is getting out of your head as you said leslie and in to your body i mean that was my tagline for like 10 years get out of your mind and into your body and we're so scared of losing our mind and it's not because you're going to actually lose your mind it's because your mind won't be in control of you anymore that's why we're scared of it we're not we're not you're not going to go out of your mind from dancing you're not going to go out of your mind but you will let go of the mind for a bit and be like oh my god like i am free the mind is our is our you know Basically, the, the I feel like I'm in a video game sometimes, and my mind's like
0: do this, do that.
1: I'm like, wait a minute, I control this this video game, not you. You know, so it's like when that spirit, energy, soul part of you can take over and say to the mind, "Oh, thank you for that information. Thank you for that negative thought. Yes, I get that. I know that that's my pattern. Once you step like a teensy bit away from it." It's almost like you're in your body now. Now you're conscious because you're in control of, not in control, but you're in the driver's seat of your life. It's, It's a different feeling. And I think it really happens through embodiment. So I'll try to explain it in a way that will make sense. So I used to describe the way I lived my life before dance. So before dance, I... You know, I went to school and I got really good grades and I did really well and I got a job and I did the job and I went to work every day. I, I swear, I'm not kidding. And I had a really, I had a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. I went to, you know, I went out to did I did all the things that you do. That's what you do. This is what I did. And and I realized that I was living on this like level of existence that was not, it was not, it didn't have any, I mean, it had undulations of my own personal internal, but it didn't have A depth to it, of experience. Like I felt like I was just like, I was just like doing the. I was driving on autopilot. So I call this thing the escape hatch. So I used to have this thing where whenever anything would upset me, I would go up into the escape hatch. I do it this way because I'm I'm mirrored. So up into the escape hatch. This is the escape hatch where I don't feel my feelings. I just live right here in the escape hatch. That's to me that's being disembodied. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you get into your body, I'm not saying it's going to be easier. But it's so essential. Because if we're not in our body, we're we're living in the escape hatch. So nothing really is our responsibility. We're in the escape hatch. We can just be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna just compartmentalize that, compartmentalize that, compartmentalize that and that and that. And then I'm really, really unhealthy. And we as a culture all are doing that. So how do we get into our bodies? We literally, even just someone touching you could put you into your body. I don't know if you ever had that happen where you are feeling just not really, not good. You can't relax. You can't calm down and you just hug someone and just the hugging or just the touching someone else actually just, just touching your back, you know, or touching, you know, your shoulder and you just you settle because we're, we're, we're actually are a lot more. We have so much more, what's the word I'm looking for. We have so much more ability and so much more resilience and so much more skill and presence and and depth to connect if we're in our body even though it's hard because there might be emotions that you don't want to feel so when you're traumatized and i'm saying this to traumatized individuals which there are so many more than there should be there are so many and i apologize and i and i wish every person their highest and best uh healing now but when you're traumatized or when one is traumatized in their life the nervous system is programmed to uh take us out of any chance of repeating that feeling that whatever that feeling was i will never feel that again okay so when we shut down a feeling center if it's fear if it's terror if it's rage if it's anger if it's grief we shut down all of it <laughs> we don't just shut down that one feeling right so we shut down the we shut down pleasure and joy and and freedom and 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 aliveness right so so it's like this so we're living in this, like, I must not ever feel that. It's like, it gets so tight. I must not ever feel that. And then I never feel it and I never feel anything. So I'm just numb. And that's the escape hatch. Yeah. So I had a traumatic experience. Yeah. Kind of, it's, it's like a mild dissociation. It's not like a total disassociation, but yes. It's like a numbness, it's a numbness. Mm-hmm. It's a mild disassociation, I call it.
0: Cause there's that's other other pathway of the vagal nerve. Yeah, yeah. exactly,
1: exactly. Exactly, so when we let ourselves feel, which is absolutely terrifying for some people, and I completely honor that, um, we release the memories, the, 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 the whole like like the cellular, the way, the way many people talk about cellular memory, I'm still processing the journey of the Jews through, I, I'm Jewish, I mean by culture, And I'm still processing that those cellular memories of my past, of of, of the past of the Jews. Sometimes I feel it and sometimes I don't, right? But I'm also processing my own experience. (laughs) So it's a lot. So that's why I love the dance and the movement, the sweat and the sounding and the like emotional release through movement. It doesn't do that thing that if I talk about it, it does it. It's different. Mm -hmm. It's a whole different... I'm coming into my altered state where like i'm able to just really feel it and and not re-traumatize myself over and over again by by the other by other ways of processing which which i feel like make things more solid like i love the fact that our stories are our power and i think every person's story brings them into their 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 passion and their you know their their right kind of relation with the world. But if we don't heal, we end up with all kinds of toxic stories running around, if that makes sense.
0: Yes, but uh, I think that healing, the healing path takes courage. Absolutely. And I think that uh, where you started when you were talking about the mind, I don't think people are afraid of their minds. I think they're afraid of their emotions. Absolutely. And so that that dissociation or that stepping out thing is, because yes, the emotions are in the body. So yes, and if I, if let them I connect out, to my right. body, <laughs> then I'm gonna find them in there somewhere and right. um, I won't know how to deal with them. And the problem is that if you don't deal, if you don't learn from a young age, how to deal with things, how to deal with people or situations, yep. you're at a disadvantage. And I, I found that when I came to Egypt, because people are very, obviously it's very dense here. There's a lot of people. People live in extended families yeah. and they have to learn how to deal with other people. Absolutely. If they get angry at somebody, they get angry at them. And I don't know how to do that. So I'm, always, I'm that toxic, mm. I hold it and hold it and hold it until mm. the volcano erupts, because right. I don't have the skills. I never learned the skills as a child how to express anger when it came up. I only Absolutely. learned how, yeah, you. Uh, this is typical Western society. We learn yeah. how to swallow it or repress it. So yes. we don't have those skills. So yes, I don't ever want to get in a situation where I'm going to be angry because I don't know how to do anger. So mm. I guess that's why I came to Egypt was to learn how to... <laughs> I actually Brad, deal with my emotions,
1: emotions. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm good at anger i love i i, I have a, i have to tell you i do a lot of anger on the dance floor let me tell you
0: yeah so, I, yeah but, but i we love don't know how and it no, is a practice yeah,
1: It is. i think and, and that
0: what, that's the thing though these are skills that we never we never had growing we never learned growing up so and I, i'm sure in different cultures people do you know um even like within the united states you have different little cultures and maybe certain ones have have you know Retained whatever it is that um, that le- they learned how to deal with with other people, but I think too, mm. as we get more disconnected and more yeah. separated, absolutely, we have even less and less skills of dealing with other people. And, and oh yeah, you we're know. socially we're getting so socially yes. messed up because I mean, yeah, there there's no
1: I mean, real emotion is not coming out on I mean on these you know apps and Facebook and Instagram. It's just like it's not it's just not it's socially disconnected and people can sure. say whatever they want and be crazy because they don't have any there's no feedback no yeah. real feed no real feedback so
0: no if, exactly if somebody was standing in front of the you you wouldn't say the things that people not. say on exactly. social media because yeah. you'd have to deal with the person's reaction as well as whatever yeah. they might do <laughs> <laughs> no exactly and and you know so. it's
1: so i love what you just said it's so interesting because so in Journey Dance, you know, the modules of, of teacher training are very specifically designed. So the first module is like, you know, how do you how, what is this process? So then we go through all the, the, the qualities that I led you through. But the second module is, okay, what do I do with all this emotional material that I'm feeling when I'm teaching and that I'm processing and, and, and what am I what am I doing? So that evocative emotion section I was talking about is so key because that's the part that's missing in all education. And I write about that. I'm, I'm actually currently, in, and I'm writing a book right now, but you know, I write about that because it's really true, and a lot of our associations that we have in our in our body are that we think are like our love might be fear because of the way our parents treated us, or like we have we have really have to get to know ourselves in a whole new way. It's like a re-education, a re-parenting, a re a re um, a nervous system reboot. You know, what do what does safety really feel like for me? You have to ask yourself that. Like when you're when you're dancing, like what does How do I let myself be angry? Well, guess what? If I play a song like, and we're just like doing it, it might come up and scare us. But it also might come up and be like, oh, my God, I have to do this. This feels so amazing. I never do this. And some people just, they want to just burn. I I remember when I first started, I was so, I had so much bottled up emotion. And my favorite quality was the fire and, and, and. You know, just letting it all out. I've changed a lot over the years. So now I have a lot more access to my vulnerability, which is very which is very hard for me. Um, I have anger was a much easier emotion for me to deal with than vulnerability because my family structure was had a lot more anger than it had vulnerability. So we have different you know we come from different moments. so, but I like that because the emotions what happens is when when you can do the emotions, and I'll say this very carefully in a sacred container, and what I mean by sacred, I mean, we set a container everyone that everyone who's in this experience knows that this is the beginning and this is the end so we're not going to be feeling the anger forever and we're not going to feel it even for that long we're just going to feel it little bits at a time we're going to release the anger we're going to release the grief we're going to release we're going to feel joy and then we're going to feel tenderness right or we're going to feel you know, today's gonna be anger, 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 grief. You know, today's gonna be, you know, whatever. Whatever it is in, in that moment. And I, I really pick the song based on like my vibe of the group. So if the group feels like, whoa, this group is so much energy, I'm gonna go for it. You know, I'm gonna go for it and give them something really that they can just really express to. Because we just don't know how to express, as you said, so many of us. And then and then the the other side of that is that when we can express, then we have empathy. It's like literally, it's like, a, it's, it's like a double-sided coin. If I can express myself, then I have, then I can learn empathy. Then I can feel compassion and empathy. Because if I know that I'm feeling scared, I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling whatever, then if that person is feeling it, I know how it feels to feel like that. And I'm saying, oh my God, I'm so sorry you feel like that. How can I hold space for you? How can I be there for you? Because we need that right now more than anything. We, we learn empathy from each other like from, from being with each other, we don't learn empathy alone, in isolation.
0: We don't learn anything alone. <laughs> That's an illusion. It is. We learn how to be alone by being exactly. alone. Exactly. <laughs> right, we, we, and it's all relational, the whole thing.
1: It's so funny. No, we
0: do, we need mirrors to reflect to what's going on. I don't, I think. Absolutely. I just, Most uh, of us don't know floor. what's even going on within ourselves.
1: I know, and I love what you said mirrors because on the dance floor, just on Wednesday night, we had this massive outdoor dance with no masks on. I was so happy with this <laughs> huge field. It was so enormous. Wow. The moon was out and this is the first time I, I danced with humans um, in a year yeah. and a half, like in person. I was I was really, I was just beyond happy. I mean, I couldn't even tell you and, and sad and every emotion but I was so excited just to be with people. And I was talking about mirror neurons and how, like, I said, now look at someone's face because when you're wearing a mask and you're dancing, it's so different. Yep. You really can't, it, it really takes a lot of the energy away. So as soon as the faces were back, everyone was like, and I was like, Oh, it's the mirror neurons. Cause I see your face. I smile. I see your face. I see the sadness. I feel, I drop into my own sadness. Right. Or I see the, and then I feel the, you know, like, and I'm allowed to like, really feel all, we expand our whole bandwidth when we're together. We could feel all of, all of it. It's one of my things I talk about is how do you expand your bandwidth? Because I said, if you shut everything down, you turn that dial all the way down, then you got no bandwidth. So if something really bad happens in your life, you just fall apart. So you have to expand that bandwidth. And it's, this is not easy work. I'm not saying this is easy work. It's fun because it's expressive and creative, but it's not easy. It's not easy to to look and say, wow, I just went crazy during that song. I have so much repressed anger. Like nobody wants to do that. Then you realize, oh my God, I'm so angry at my whoever still, you know, and that's okay. You say, okay, I'm going to love myself. I'm going to embrace my heart. I'm going to give myself permission. I obviously haven't felt that yet. Right. And so it's like, that's the thing. It's like allowing yourself to feel. Is really what the journey dance whole process is about really at the end of the day it's yes it's dance and it's fun and it's experience and it's moving and all these wonderful things but at the end of the day it's i want to feel that i actually have some emotional bandwidth some emotional mastery maybe even if i can have a bandwidth and i can say okay i'm really angry right now i've got to go express my anger and maybe when my relationships with my people in my life I can say, oh, I don't have to get triggered right now. I can go into my room and I can actually punch a pillow and not do that, not yell at my kid for pissing me off or yell at my partner. I can go and go into my car and be like, like I didn't drink any dance, and let it out instead of doing it to someone. That's the difference. We want to learn how to never do it to someone and release it to the dance floor. So it's like a, it's like a valve, like a little radiator knob. Yeah,
0: but we need to have the experience. I mean, I think that's the thing that, that is how we learn is through experience. And we need to, we need to have those safe places to have experiences so that we can learn and we know, oh no, that was a little bit too far. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Let me not do that again. But yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel that creativity heals? I mean, we're talking about dance and releasing, but creativity, like that, force within us. How do you think that that actually heals us?
1: I don't know if I even have a scarf. What am I? This is a journey dance heart scarf. So I want to show you. pretty um, creativity to is my is my religion, I'll say. Um, I spend a lot of time writing. I spend a lot of time uh, singing and 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 dancing and being with people and theater and, and all that stuff. So this year, especially, I think that creativity really has become even more prominent in my life. You know, I knew it was always in my life and people say, oh, you're so creative. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm just doing my thing. But how I process my emotions, how I process my life is through story. You know, we are living this mythic journey, right? So let's do it. So if I, let's say I'm feeling really bad and I don't have access to a dance or a friend or anybody, I go and I sit and I pick up the guitar or the piano or my notebook or a crayon or something and I do something with the feeling. That's just how I am, this is what I do. So this is what I teach, you know, so let's say we, um, it would have been really fun to write a song together at, at our at our thing, but we wrote, we wrote poems and we wrote, we wrote, um, you know, pieces um, at our workshop. We spent a lot of time writing. So the creative process like takes the, the feeling it takes the story, it takes that maybe it's the oldest story that you have, maybe it's a new story or something that has happened in your life, and it allows you to sort of, I guess, the word would be like transmute it into something else. So, let's say, okay, I, for example, I wrote a song, my son and I, my sons, I, I got divorced in like 2009 and i wrote a song i felt so bad and it took me many years to process what i that what i had quote done and i felt like deep down i had broken my children's hearts like i felt like i was the first heartbreak you know me leaving their father and us separating all that and i never really was able to process it in, in a way I, in therapy i talked about it i was all great and i danced it and did all the things i was supposed to do but to really turned something else I wrote a song I took it and I wrote a song and it's like you know it goes um like something like you were made from love and it's about you know you were made from love you know even though all this stuff happened there was love that made these beautiful boys that I have you know that I that I brought into this world I don't they're not mine they belong to the universe but um and then I said I'm sorry I never meant to break your little hearts and I I wrote the song and It totally changed my relationship with that story because I wrote the song and I sang the song to somebody else and they were like, oh my God, that so speaks to me. I got doors. And then it starts to like ripple out. So I feel like creativity and expression connects us to our humanity and to each other. That's kind of the way I'll say it. It's like, if I, if I, if I write this wonderful poem and I never share it, it's great. I still Transmuted and processed it, but if I share it, and that's the remedy that's my new thing that I'm working on with my co facilitator Joy. If I share it, then it has an impact, then it's medicine for each other. If that makes sense, I think creativity is medicine for each other,
0: and I also, I mean, I agree with you, but I also think that the um, I think. I personally please, <laughs> believe please. that we as we as humans are here to create, like that. That's that's oh, our that's absolutely. our role is as is as creators on on this planet. So um, so I fully agree, agree with you about the the creation process. But I do think also when you're sharing it with others, it transform it gives it other facets. Mm. You know, again, it's like that mirroring thing. It gives it other facets that maybe we don't even see about whatever Mm. that is. So I think creating is important on your own. It's a very important thing. But I agree that once you share it, it takes on kind of a life of its own. And it may morph into something completely different. Or it may even be something there. You may have created something that you really don't even see. Or you see one Mm. piece of it. I love so that. yeah, it's an interesting, um, yeah. I hadn't yeah, the, thought the, about that sharing aspect before.
1: Oh yeah. The process that we're doing right now is, so what happened was during the, can I just share this quickly about the what sure. happened during the pandemic? Okay. So during the pandemic, well, it's not even over yet. So we're still in it, but
0: we started. Uh, More so, time to create. I know, right? <laughs> if, if you have, if, if you're I guess not, Yes, we're like, not
1: done great, yet. <laughs> if you're not working, you know, full-time saving lives, which we appreciate greatly, you know, and you are, and you are in sort of a, pause of some kind, then this is a great time for that. But what happened was I was teaching the Tuesday class and people were hanging out afterwards, like at one o'clock when the class was over, people wouldn't leave. They'd be like, they would just stay on the Zoom call and we'd be like, all right, well, we gotta go. You know, we love you. We gotta go. So um, we said, this is this is amazing, we need, we need more, we need more. We cannot just have this much connection, we need more. So I taught on Saturdays, and then people would stay and hang around after. I was like, okay, so we need more. Okay, so then we said, okay, we gotta do something else, something different. So we created, my co-facilitator and I, uh, Joy, we created this process called the Remedy. So we do this dance process, which is similar to Journey Dance, but it's, it's, it's different. And then we write, and everybody writes, and and Joy finds these poems from all over the world, you know, international writers, we want everyone included, no one does not belong in in our, you know, worldview, and we did, you know, all of our, all these amazing poems, and then we get a writing prompt, and we write, and we write for like 20 minutes, all together on Zoom in our own little houses, and then everyone comes back, and then we go into breakout rooms and people share. And then after the sharing, we come back to the big circle and then people wanted to stay on the call longer. (laughs) They wanted to hear more people. (laughs) So then we said, okay, let's highlight, let's spotlight four people today who would like to share, people share and they read these pieces and your mind is blown. Your mind is blown because you didn't know that person. And that person has a wisdom that they didn't even know they had. What comes out when they just do, it was like, it was like, you know, Julia Cameron, the artist way. It was like, it was like the artist way you know in action every we did a 21 day challenge then we did eight week series then we did an eight week series and we did another eight week series now we just did it in person so what we found what we're finding is that and this is totally true every single person is a wise woman a wise man a wise being every single i don't care what where you come from um and you are wise you are a wise being okay and we we shared our own wisdom with each other, and people didn't even know that they were, they were touching somebody, and healing them. Like my little poem that I wrote, which took like five minutes to write and one minute to read. Someone writes to me, you know, oh my god, that was spoke to my heart, you know. And then someone else writes to that person, and that person, and so on. So we created this huge community of writers, and we made an anthology called uh, "The Remedy Wisdom." I think it's called. I have. I have. To, I'll. I'll get you the link. Uh, it's on our website if you want it? you can download the anthology for free. Um, it's called The Remedy. And it's just these beautiful writings of women from all over the, all over, um, the country and internationally as well, who wrote these pieces. And you know, we, ju- we only hear from like the authors and the famous people and the speakers is that, but there's all of us <laughs> with all of these wisdom and stories to share. And I think that's the magic of creativity. Really, it's 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 just this like. So this week that we just spent at at Omega, everybody was doing this, and we shared our writings. And I mean, pe- we cried listening to each other's writings. It wasn't just our own writings that made us cry. It was listening to other people's writings. And then we were we felt the medicine. I call it the medicine because you know medicine doesn't always taste good, but it's supposed to do something really good for you. You know, um, we all get each other's medicine make like a homeopathic dose of, you know, okay, I felt that. I never had that trauma, but if I had, I, I hold space for you. I honor you. I see your resilience. I see your beauty. I see your power. I see what you have overcome. And now you are stronger and wiser and and more. And I and I love you for that. Thank you. Like that's kind of the way we approach it.
0: And I think what you said earlier about, you know, carrying these traumas of generations before you, you're also carrying all that wisdom. But unfortunately, we don't, we haven't found ways, we Mm. haven't been taught ways or even brought to our attention ways Mm. to tap into that. So to me, that's probably a big part of creativity is not that it's even something new, but it's just something that you've gone inside and you've, You've pulled it out somehow, but you have to create that space in order to to let those things emerge. And I oh, think I because, love that well, and because these other things are painful, you feel them. I think we've become detached from joy as well. Like we don't even know what that. I mean, I have this. Mm. Like, what does it? Mm-hmm. What is happiness? Like, am I happy? Am I ever mm. happy? What is joy? Do you, you know? You mm. have those those moments. But I think um, we need to identify that. And yes, I think that that those things that come out, maybe even things, traumas that you resolved, for example, but somebody Mm -hmm. else didn't. So like you said, it's the medicine that somebody else needs, because when it comes out, it comes out in a sort of perfected way. That's not the right word, but resolved mm. way mm. or at a different frequency. Um, mm. So that then it can be the medicine for somebody else that mm. um, that maybe is in it, but hasn't, hasn't quite finished that cycle of whatever is going on.
1: Yeah. I mean, you said so many things I want to respond to. Oh my God. So one of the things you said that I want to respond to is uh, remind me about to talk about perfection in a minute, but you said something really interesting and it made me think of the fact that you know when I, I have small I, when I had small children they my children are going to college I can't believe it very soon one is going next week the other one is one more year uh, very freaking me out but anyway um,
0: I understand that <laughs> yeah
1: and art school of all things I'm so excited I had no idea we were actually going to go this path so um, but long story short when I really wanted to homeschool my kids, because I know what I went through, but I just couldn't afford to do it. I had to work and I have a life and I had all these jobs and trying to you know, make a living and do it. Even though I wanted to homeschool them so badly because I wanted this, what you're talking about, this. So I, I remember reading somebody who was a big homeschool advocate told me to read this book by, um, I believe it was by, I, I, please don't quote me because I don't want to make a mistake, but you know, if you're watching this podcast, um, you can look it up. I think it was by Dewey, like the, the guy who invented like, you know, the, the library system. system. Yeah. I think it was this person and John Dewey. I think he wrote a lot of books about it was a long time ago that I read it. But anyway, I remember reading this and going, Oh my God, this is horrible. It said we don't need any more thinkers and philosophers and this and that. We need workers. So we're gonna teach them the basic Rs, reading, writing, and arithmetic. And that's what they wanted to do. That's what the system is built to do. The system is built to make us and I'm going to say it frankly: to make us dumb. It's this is all you need to know are these facts, and this is all you need to know are these facts. So when you are yep. a critical thinker, when you're a critical thinker and you've got creativity, school sucks for you. So most people hate school. Um, yep. And 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 if not, you hate it later, and you look back and you say, oh my god, I was a critical thinker and I didn't know no one gave me a chance to be creative. And you're a creative, critical thinker. So we need more critical thinking right now we need more creativity we need more, we need more people who are saying break out of the box Arr, there's so much crap that we have done that we have to fix so much on so many levels i have chills through my whole body just thinking about that which i won't go into right now that's a whole nother podcast um and i'm working on myself too to be to be a you know a social justice you know. Activist to be to be an earth activist like I want to do everything, but I have my path and my path is the dance path. That's what it is. You know, I'm here to wake people up through movement and say you have so much more to you than you realize. Let's go live larger and go do what we have to do. And 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 when you when you when you accept your own love for yourself, you are you you and you see that you are sort of this. I'm going to say the word divine creature. It's so much harder to be violent, and then you you and then we 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 can, we can. We can, I 100% believe, we can shift the cycle of violence and turn it into a cycle of love. I really believe that we can. But we have to become conscious. We can't do it without becoming conscious. We can't do it without feeling our emotions. We can't stop the violence unless we feel what we have per, you know, perpetuated. So it's really complex. But the other thing you said was about perfection. And I think about journey dance and my whole work in the world, because I am who I am, is that I love raw material. I don't I don't need it to be perfected. <laughs> I think raw material is great. So I love the word weird. Like we 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 have this thing like reclaiming weird and like, you know, we the weird dance is so much fun and the perfect dance is so difficult and boring and not that interesting. The weird and oh, whatever shape and strange whether it's, you know, Processing something to completion is different to me from, from 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 perfecting it, you know. So I love the idea that creativity is super weird and super wacky and messy. And yeah, you might create, get a great product out of it. And that would be awesome. You know, like I, I, I made a, an album of songs because I loved my creative process. But really what mattered to me was not the actual... Product. It was the writing, the songs, and the, and the and the messages that I was feeling when I was writing the songs, or when I'm doing the dance. You know, the thing about dance is that it's so ephemeral; it cannot be captured in a bottle. It cannot be captured in a record. I mean, you could watch a video, but it's just not the same because you're feeling the feeling of dance. Is is this unbelievable, magical, energetic transmission between people? One of my
0: uh, yeah. But Sorry, as you, you said, the, uh, I think creativity is not perfect. It, it yes. is about the journey. And that, yeah. like you said, it's not, a, it's not about the songs, it's about writing the songs. Yes. And that, but again, the way we're programmed is that Absolutely. the outcome has to be perfect. So you're not allowed to make mistakes along the way. But if you think about all the great thinkers that discovered something because they made a mistake, Absolutely. If we're not allowed to make mistakes, then we're we're missing a whole lot. But again, this is you know that's why you said it takes courage. It takes courage to be creative because it's going to be messy and weird and not pretty. And not to be afraid to fail. Yeah. Mm. And that's not what we're taught. Educational systems don't don't allow us to fail. You take tests, and if you fail, then then you have a big problem. So I think that that's um, again not just connecting with emotions, but connecting with that ability to fail and that ability to approximate, Mm. and um, these are all things that we need to reclaim. And I think dance does do that.
1: You know, I remember allows
0: you to just be creative.
1: Yeah, there was a funny story I was telling everybody um, at the weekend you know, when I was little kid, I was in like, my mom put me in ballet, right? That's what everyone did at that time. You know, they put their they put their kid in ballet. So I was like a little short, like stubby, you know, not like skinny, teeny little girl. I was like a chunky, you know, just awkward, um, you know, little girl. And I remember, and I always felt like my gender was off. I'm not quite sure what my gender pronouns are to be honest with you, but anyway, so, so I, I remember, I was like, they said to me, they said to my mom, "Oh, can you bring in brown fabric and da 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 and get this fuzzy stuff?" And my mom's like, "What is this for?" So next thing you know, we're making like a little bear costume, and I, it was this little ballet where like you know, fourteen little tiny girls in the pink tutus, and they were the two little bears that came out and opened the show. I was already being cast as a comic weirdo. I just didn't know it yet, but I took it very personally. And I felt bad about myself for years and years after that. And I was like, come out. I had like a little basket full of like confetti and I'm tossing the confetti on the floor and the ballerinas all come out and I'm just like, you know, I'm a bear. This is like so funny. And then the next year I was like a green, like I was some green forest creature. Like I never got the pink tutu thing.
0: So just for those you got, of you, you got the character roles. Those are the fun <laughs> roles. Yeah. So those
1: of you who never got the who never got the pink tutu thing, you can come and join Journey Dance because because <laughs> we are we are all a bunch of characters and uh-huh. and, and and the imperfect- And those are the
0: people that everyone loves, by the way. <laughs> 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 oh good lucky me <laughs> the ones that make them laugh yeah
1: yeah so that that is, that is what it really and I do think that humor and I'll I'll share this with you one of the things is that about journey dance is that it's a it sounds like a very serious process you know it's very serious but if we don't have a sense of humor to go along with it then it's no it's it's really we don't really heal it's like the humor and the lightness and the seeing ourselves from a little bit of a distance which happens over time when I know that we, like, let's say right now, you're feeling a ton of you know, trauma in your life and all oh, your stuff's being kicked up by what's happening in the world. There is a space for you and we will still make you laugh. You know what I'm saying? Like, We will hold this beautiful space for you to cry and feel your pain and all that, but there's something that happens during that funky section. There's something that happens when we all look at each other and we, we say, oh my God, we're okay, we're not alone. Yeah. A lot I had of a that. friend
0: that always used to say, you may as well laugh as cry. And I think about that every yep. time I'm in a situation mm. where I want to cry, I'm thinking, well, I might as well laugh. Like, <laughs> why am I taking myself so seriously? Let me just laugh about I this or you. not to, not to disregard it, but it's no, my no, no, choice. I, I can, yeah. I can see it as absurd or I can cry about it or whatever. But, um, Usually it is absurd somehow, so.
1: You know, oh, there's one last thing on that I just want to share. Something that happens, I'll just give you a quick tiny story. So we're dancing, we're moving, and there's this beautiful man, and men don't cry in public. It just doesn't happen, right? Okay, I'm, I'm being very stereotypical. Men don't cry in public. So this man, beautiful man, a really, you know, masculine man, starts like having an emotion and I can see it from a distance, you know, I'm in the room and I'm like, oh, okay, this is gonna happen. So I go over and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to assist in this process. I'm going to midwife this man's cry. <laughs> so I just gently, you know, put my hand on his back so he knows I'm there and then <clears throat> burst into tears. And the other people just gently, you know, we're just around, everyone's still doing their dance, they're not, take, they're not taking his cry away and they're just saying, yes, thank you, yes, thank you, yes, thank you. Because when he cries, we all get to heal because we see this man crying. I don't know how else to describe it, but mm-hmm. so many people needed to see a man cry with what's happening in the world right now. The women, it's so like sometimes we have like, I'll say, I'll, I'll call it the pain in my chest. I have this pain in my chest. It's very rare, but when it comes, it's so painful and I know what it is. And is. I've learned over all these years, uh-oh. I have been holding back a very big cry that I have been suppressing for weeks or days or minutes or years or months whatever it is so when I let that out a whole like world is revealed to me of joy I know it sounds crazy but because I let that out that pain that I was suppressing and carrying and I didn't I couldn't have not have let it out just walking around and going to the supermarket and surviving, I did it because I was moving. And when I moved my energy, I felt a little bit of emotion. I felt a little bit of joy. I felt a little bit of, of whatever I, whatever I feel sensorily, it awakened that thing in me that wants to be released. And then when I let it go, the amount of freedom that is, that, that appears for me. So we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of, of work to do. Processing, feeling, letting things move through us so that we can be open to the next thing. Because if we're repressing, we're spending so much, I was spending so much time repressing that cry so that I could be good and, you know, functional and blah, blah, blah. But if I don't let it out and it won't last forever, that's the thing. We we get so scared it's going to last forever. It won't. It'll last like two minutes, maybe five, maybe 10, and then it will dissipate.
0: And but I think like the first, open. the first step, as you said, is the awareness mm. to have that awareness, to know that when you have that pain in your chest, oh, right. I need to, uh, something is, something is being held and, and it needs to be, re- I, I get migraines when mm. I get a migraine, mm. I know I need to cry. Yes. Cause I'm oh. just not like, I'm not, tuned into that so as soon as mm. I get a migraine I do something just to make myself cry. <laughs> so good. I mean this this takes this is the embodiment. But this is the embodiment pain. Yeah it takes that pain to mm. cue you in to the fact that yes. um that something's going on that there's something I'm not paying attention to and that mm. I need to and yeah mm. so those are all those are all good cues to again yeah. because we're just so disconnected from we've had such a long time the older we are we've had longer to get ourselves into those bad habits of of being right. disconnected from our emotions and and all of that mm. so yeah
1: well this is what I'm I think I'm I'm here for uh for helping people. It's so funny when people say, what do you do for a living? This guy, he said to me, he was watching me teach the class and he's like, oh, you're like the life of the party that gets to insert these conscious, up-leveling messages to people. And I was like, oh my God, I love that description. I wanna write that down. I was like, I thought yes. I'd make people cry. He's like, no, you're so funny. You know, and well, I, what, what I should really be do balance. is roll around the, right, what <laughs> I really do is I say, what do you do for the?" I teach people how to roll around on the floor and get into their body.
0: To play, how about that? Yeah. I teach people yeah. how to play and experience. Oh, all those things! Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're getting on with time here, but there's there's one last thing that I'd like to ask you about is sure. is about spiritual connection. Mm. You you know you were mentioning that you're you've studied religions, but you're not of any particular religion. So what what's how would you describe spiritual connection, and and mm. what's the importance of that? Mm such
1: a good question. Yeah, so for me, and I think for many people who are are the dance, there's something about the dancer person, and if you've never danced before, please try it, you got nothing to lose, okay? There's a connection, and I think that there is a, I call it the divine, my divine connection, that I am, it's almost like when I'm dancing, something opens up for me and I can see that I'm not just this, to me, the spiritual connection is that I'm not just a physical body. I'm not just a physical body. And that sensation actually comes from getting into the physical body and saying, Oh my God, this is my tool. This is, this is how I express myself. Like as I'm talking to you right now, I know that you're seeing my mouth move and you're hearing my voice, but there's some other energy moving through me. And that is my spirit. That is what I call spirit. Like what is animating this? why does music make me go oh like music is a thing music is a thing music is my favorite thing and music takes me someplace it's not just my body If it was just my body i'd be just doing the same i'd be flying and floating and you know snapping my fingers and feeling the beat there's something else there's this there's this mystical something inside of us that connects to the music do you know what i mean like to me that's the divine connection and when i can touch into my my mystical self, my spirit self, then I get so many more answers. If I have a question, I ask it on the dance floor. I say, because when I'm on the dance floor, I'm in an altered state. My mind is being taken up by the music, my body is moving around, and this other part of me, this, this mystical divinity, I don't know what else to call it, says, oh, this is what's happening right now. I'm like, oh! <laughs> so I get it there. It's like meditation for me. You know, people meditate and they sit and they can get to that place they call it like sort of you know, the empty place or the wandering place and something else comes in and they know it's a different voice. It's not the voice of the blah, blah, blah. It's a different voice. That to me is divinity. It's like, you can touch it through music, through movement, through meditation, through yoga, however you touch it, through walking, through but I touch it on the dance floor. And I think everyone who comes to this, this dance floor and many other conscious dance form dance floors find this.
0: That's why we're here on this podcast because you know it. <laughs> Yes. And that and I think is yeah. the importance of sacred dance because I think, and the re- this is the reason I brought up this question is because yeah. I think many people think spirituality is like something out there, like oh, something yeah. that you connect to, you yeah. know, or, or, you know, somehow taking you out of your body. And I think I agree with you. We are the vessel for that divinity that we create that place for the divinity to come in and then to create, through us so i think that um again sacred dance or some kind of embodiment practice Mm. allows you to feel the divinity as opposed to just yes mentally experiencing it or thinking about it or it being somehow outside of you but to to embody Mm. it i think allows us to have that personal experience
1: I used to get in trouble in like Hebrew school or I would go to church. I would go everywhere, but I always get in trouble because if the thing was boring to me, and I'm very easily bored, if it was boring to me, I would just leave. <laughs> so I'd be like sitting there and they'd be telling stories, blah, 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 blah. I'd be like, nope, this is not spirit. This is not, this is doing, this is not God, whatever that is. I left. I would go outside and, play and i get in trouble or go to some room in the in the place and try to find something to do i was like that kind of kid and i did get in trouble a lot and um i don't regret it not for one second and it happened to me the other day i was at i was at a uh i went to a service um because i had it was an obligatory situation i had to go um, and i was sitting there like okay i'm at my point now I reached my point where this is no now we're just doing this like we're not in the spirit so to me, the spirit has to have some singing or some dancing or some way to embody it. It's not just words we're going to be reading on a piece of paper. That doesn't do it for me. That's just me, and I respect all people and doing their thing. But as you said, to me, it's embodying the spirit. That is this. That that's it. Like that is why I think I call it movement is my religion. I have all these things. Weird is my religion. Creativity is my religion. Journey dance is a spiritual practice because. To me i'm in my spirit practice when i'm doing it
0: yes and i think if anyone has not had the experience of of a movement practice spiritual or a movement based spiritual practice definitely try it <laughs> yeah it'll be fun it's very yeah. i
1: mean and it's a little it's it's a little bit weird you're gonna be like what is happening and as soon as you as soon as you think this is weird you're good, because we're all weird. That's one of our, I told you, we rec- reclaim the word weird. We said weird is good. Um, and you don't have to be any kind of special body or any kind of special, any, you could, anybody can do it. And if you can't do certain movements, you just do your own movements. You know, it's, it's very open-ended. There are no like, I do love learning dance movements and steps and all that stuff, but I don't have to. You don't have to. There's no, it's like a whole world of just expression.
0: Yeah, find and find the way that, that works for you, whatever yes, that is. Exactly. So do you have any up and coming events? Tell us what's what's going do, on and, and how people can contact you. I've tried to keep lots of events going, even though some events we planned
1: were canceled, et cetera. So at the moment, what we definitely know for sure is that we're doing um, the remedy, which is that. Movement writing and sharing practice, which is totally powerful. I just did a week of it, as I said, with people in person, but we're doing remedy online. Um, and it's it's uh 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I don't know what time that is for you because, as you know, I messed up the time thing. So
0: (laughs) it's 10 a.m.
1: Eastern Standard Time and it is Eastern Daylight Time, Eastern Daylight Time. Yep, great Eastern Daylight Time. Yep, and it's uh, it's every so it starts on September 10th and we're doing a seven day. Kickoff to start your practice if you've never done it before and then we go to every friday after that for eight weeks and we'll be creating a community of listeners really writers listeners um, dancers sharers and we really will just it's such a, an amazing experience it's called the remedy online experience and then i also have a module one teacher training which is the embodiment experience starting in like late mid to late september online it's a three weekend training online and we just do like. 10 to 2 because we don't want people to be online all day. So we spread it out over quite a bit of three week period. And then, of course, coming up down the road, I have in-person events happening and the big retreat in Mexico, hopefully, if that still happens. Uh, In April, we're going to be going to Mexico and doing the Remedy Live. And one of the fun things about the Remedy Live is that Joy is a dancer. I mean, a singer as well and a professional vocalist, my co-facilitator, I created a one-person show last year and it's very, I have a lot of comedy. So we had open mics every night of this program and people shared and got up and they read their pieces and they weren't open mics like talent. They were open mics, heart sharing. And some people did very, very intense share. Some people wrote poetry, some people were were funny and it was amazing. So there's space for you because that's what it's about. It's about the people who come having space to explore themselves in a container of respect and celebration. So
0: so that's what I got so far. Mod good. one and
1: the remedy. And you can find okay. me, you can follow me at at Tony Bergams on Instagram. I like to make reels and I like to inspire people to feel something. So if you watch my, watch my reels, it's like, I want you to feel something. I want you to feel something. Um, that's at Tony Bergens. And then my website, as you can see, there is journeydance.com. Lots of events are up there, teacher training and everything. I also work privately with people uh, one-on-one in this fashion, uh, with a lot of movement and expression and some talking and some intuitive, intuitive, uh, work.
0: So just to remind you, Tony's website is- is www.journeydance.com, and you can find her on Facebook, Tony Ber- Ber- yep. Bergens, Bergens. Sorry, That's all good. <laughs> and Journey Dance, and yep. also on Instagram. That's it. She's so good. You're awesome. So, uh, so look, look for Tony. You have you have many many different outlets that you can find her at. All right. Well, I apologize. I've lost my light here. The sun has gone down, so I'm oh, <laughs> I'm well, using the computer so light. <laughs> so I'm reflecting. So I apologize for that. But um, thank you, Tony. Thank you for being here. It was lovely so to much. hear about what you're doing and uh, all the things that you have coming up and the and work can that find you do. And journey dance teachers
1: all over. We have journey dance teachers now. You know, Spain, uh, Italy, um, South America, Mexico, as well as lots of United States. Not a lot in uh, in Egypt. We're going to have to remedy that. There you go.
0: Yep, <laughs> it's time. Uh huh. Okay. Good. All right. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you thank so you. much for having me. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. All right. So. That was a very interesting talk. Thank you, Tony, for being here. And thank you to all the people watching. And just to let you know that next month, I have Erica Ross. She's the co-founder of The Move, Dance Our Way Home, and Daily Dance, and that's on September 12th. And if you are on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel that helps other people find the videos and you can like and share. If you're listening to this as a podcast, same thing, please follow, like, and share. That helps other people find them as well. All right. Well, I look forward to seeing people next month and until then, take care. Bye-bye.